Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries for February the 5th. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. And we are currently working our way through the book of Daniel, verse by verse. And we find ourselves today in Daniel chapter number 9, picking up in verse number 24. So, if you would find your way there to Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 24. I uh, just want to remind you that all of these sessions are on uh, on the web page. And of course, you can get the audio studies there, uh, or you could do the video studies as well. And of course, all of these are, you know, come off of the YouTube channel, as well as the SoundCloud channel. Um, and then also, I'm on Rumble now. I uh, would love to see uh, some folks uh, visiting over at Rumble. Some folks have decided to go that way, so I've started to migrate everything over onto Rumble as well. Uh, and then also just remind you that uh, the book is out, uh, Acts. I actually have a copy of it right here. Uh, I was sent one. Uh, and uh, So that's the paperback, but you can either get that in paperback or you can get it in in um, in the Kindle ebook version as well. So I appreciate those of you that support the ministry like that. Thank you. And uh, I am um, <clears throat> as I'm presenting Daniel, I'm um, already putting that into a book format so that when we get through the book of Daniel, that can also go out as well. The book of Acts turned out to be 241 pages, so uh, Daniel's not as big. I don't think, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, all right, Daniel chapter number nine. And last time we got down to the actual prophecy, you remember the angel Gabriel now has come to Daniel. And he said, you're a man that's greatly beloved. Um, and he says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, referring to Jerusalem, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. So, like we talked about last time, the 70 weeks are actually 70 weeks of seven. 70 times seven is 490. In our European country, in our European culture, we count in decades. Jews, Jewish culture counts in heptads or in sevens because seven is the number of completeness in the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. So I believe, for example, when we get over in the book of uh, Revelation, I think there's 52, if I'm remembering correctly, sevens in uh, the book of the Revelation. So um, here we have 70 weeks of seven, or 70 times seven, which is 400 and 90. So the angel, Gabriel, is telling Daniel here, there's 490 years determined for your people. And during those 490 years, these six things are going to be done. Now, last time we got together, obviously, I mean, we can see uh, finishing transgression, making an end of sin, and making reconciliation for iniquity. I mean, we are called to a ministry of reconciliation as the body of Christ, we share the, the good news, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is God's way of reconciling man back to himself. So those three things have definitely been done. However, it's obvious 
we're not in everlasting righteousness. I mean, just look around. Um, vision and prophecy, uh, certainly the, the most holy has not been anointed. Um, so what gives? Well, um, let's, we'll, we'll break that down as we go. Uh, but apparently, um, uh, you look at when Daniel penned this book, obviously it's been more than 490 years, so something went off the track, something came off the rails somewhere, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, it went off the rails uh, when the king and his kingdom was rejected. And now we are in this interlude, this period um, of the church, the church age, which was unknown until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul in our New Testaments. Um, and again, we've talked about this. Daniel, when Daniel gave his prophecies, when Daniel interpreted his visions, he didn't see the church age. He, he just saw five empires. He saw the Babylonian Empire under King Nebuchadnezzar. He saw the Medo-Persian Empire under Cyrus and Darius. He saw the Grecian Empire, which came to be under Alexander. He saw the rise of the Roman Empire. And then he saw the revived Roman Empire, or the Ten Toes, that were partly of iron, partly of clay. He didn't see the interlude. He did not see the church. Why? Because... Actually, that was not in the plan. I mean, the plan was that God, all the prophecies pointed to the Messiah. The Messiah would come. Yes, they would kill him. Yes, they had to kill him because it was prophesied in the Old Testament. He would raise from the dead in order to forgive them for the sins that were committed under the first covenant. Um, and then the, God, the, the kingdom would be offered. And it was offered on Pentecost. Now, had the Jew, the nation, remember it was a national repentance that was required, not an individual. So even if 3,000 were added to the number that day when, when Peter preached, it wasn't enough. Um, the whole nation had to repent. And the nation didn't repent. But had the nation repented, then it would have rolled right into Daniel's 70th week. This prophecy that we're going to be talking about here in Daniel chapter number 9 would have just kept rolling right along. And we're going to see that between the time Daniel was given this by the angel Gabriel up until the time Christ came was 483 years. Well, 483 minus from 490 is seven years. Those seven years are called Daniel's 70th week. Daniel's 70th week had the nation of Israel accepted the king and his kingdom as offered at Pentecost by Peter, who was given the keys, then they were rolled into Daniel's 70th week. And then it will culminate with the second coming of their Messiah and the establishment of their kingdom. And God would have used the nation of Israel as a kingdom of priests to reach the Gentiles. But that's not what happened. It was rejected. And therefore, we are in what I refer to as the postponement. We are in the interlude, if you will. <laughs> um, and we're going to talk about that as we work our way through Daniel chapter number 9. And of course, that was the whole premise of the mid-Acts uh, perspective that I gave in the book, uh, the book of Acts. 
Um, so look in verse number 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build the wall, the build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks, and the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. So what does all that, that mean? Uh, I mean, basically it's saying that 490 years are determined for your people, and it will begin at the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, we know that the commandment came to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Bear in mind that had already been carried away into captivity 67 years, and Daniel understood by the prophet Jeremiah that they were almost at the end of their captivity, which was 70 years. And, uh, and he knew that they were going to get to go back. And we talked about why it was 70 years, because they did not allow the land to rest like God told them to. Well, we know that a fellow by the name of Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, came to the king Artaxerxes. Okay, he came to the king Artaxerxes of the Persian Empire. And in the 20th year, and he was a cupbearer in the palace. And a cupbearer was not a job to be scorned at. He literally was like, um, he's the one that set the wine before the king. And of course, there was a taster. You know, some have said that maybe he was even the taster. But that was just to make sure that the king was not poisoned. Uh, you'll remember Daniel was in, not Daniel, but Joseph was in prison. And, and the baker, and who was it? The baker and the, uh, and the wine and, and the cupbearer were there with him. Why were they there? Because someone had tried to kill the king. Well, that's what Nehemiah did. He was a wine uh, bearer, if you will. He And some people say that he actually sampled it. But either way, I mean, he's there and he's got wine and he took the wine and he gave it to the king. Now, I had never been aforetime sad in his presence. Wherefore, the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. Then I was sore afraid. And I said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city and the place of my father's sepulchres lieth in waste? He's referring to Jerusalem. And the gates thereof are consumed with fire. And then the king said unto me, What dost thou make requests? So I prayed to the Lord my God. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant hath found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen sitting by him, how long shall your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. So understand what we're seeing here. Um, the angel tells Daniel here that the 70 weeks will start when the commandment goes forth to rebuild Jerusalem, to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Well, Nehemiah records when that event took place. When Nehemiah is standing before the king and he asks, can I go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem? 
Okay, so both sacred or both biblical, I say sacred and secular, both sacred and secular history tells us that this command, when Nehemiah was standing before the king, was in 445 BC, 445 years before Christ. As a matter of fact, according to Sir Robert Anderson, and this is a neat book that I would encourage you guys to, to read, um, Sir Robert Anderson, I actually have it on Kindle, and I'll show it to you right here. Um, uh, he wrote this book. Uh, he lived between 1841 and 1918, and he was Sir Robert Anderson. He had been knighted. He wrote a book called The Coming Prince. It's called The Coming Prince, and let me... Uh, Oh, this right here is the cover, um, and this is the 10th edition of The Coming Prince. And he wrote this book, and in this book, he actually goes over the dates and begins to record some of the things that we're going to talk about in regards to the dating. Now, according to Sir Robert Anderson, and understand, he was a contemporary of E.W. Bullinger, who has become one of my heroes. Uh, E.W. Bullinger was famous for being a mid-acts dispensationalist, uh, which is the whole premise of the book that I wrote. Um, and mid-acts meaning the church did not start in Acts chapter number 2, but actually started somewhere in the middle. Of course, E.W. Bullinger, toward the end of his life, became he, he literally in Acts 28, he doesn't believe the church is anywhere in the book of Acts. Um, I don't agree with that at this point, at least. I, I still am very much a mid-Acts. I believe the church started somewhere between chapter 9 and chapter number 13 with the conversion of Paul. And I don't think it's the conversion on the Emmaus Road, on the Damascus Road. It's a conversion uh, when he was first presented the gospel, when he, when the mystery, the hidden mystery, that had been previously hidden was disclosed to him. Uh, so that's where the whole mid-Acts thing comes from. I encourage you to take a look at that. Sir Robert Anderson was also a mid-Acts guy. Matter of fact, uh, he and E.W. Bullinger went back and forth with each other quite a bit. And I know a lot of guys that quote uh, Sir Robert Anderson, and I don't know many that quote E.W. Bullinger, at least not any that aren't on the mid-Acts side, but I know a lot of people that are Acts 2 people who quote Robert Anderson without realizing that Robert Anderson did not believe the church started in Acts chapter number 2 either. As a matter of fact, uh, E.W. Bullinger said nothing, um, well, actually Sir Robert Anderson said, nothing new or Christian happened in Acts chapter number 2. So Sir Robert Anderson did not believe in the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. He believed the birth of the church was with Paul. So he's in agreement with Bullinger, you know, who I am in agreement with as well. But uh, that's not the point of this study. Um, notice that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild uh, Jerusalem. So we know from Sir Robert Anderson that this command was given not only in 440 B.C., but it was actually given on March 14th, 440 B.C., 445 B.C. So 
what we have here is an exact dating of when the commandment was given to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When, when the king told Nehemiah he could go back and rebuild the walls. March 14th, 445 BC is when it happens. Now notice what it says here. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command, which was March 14th, 445 BC, to restore and build the walls of Jerusalem unto the Messiah. When the Messiah comes, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. Now, seven weeks is one week, okay? And three score, that's 20, 40, 60, and two. So 62 plus seven equals 69. So the prophecy that we're looking at here says that from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild and or to restore and build the walls of Jerusalem, which happened on March 14th, 445, until the Messiah, the Prince, comes, will be 69 weeks. Now, we know that 69 weeks, it's 69 weeks of seven, right? So, 69 times seven is 483 years. So, the prophecy is, essentially, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem until the Messiah comes will be 483 years. I believe that, you know, we're looking at one of the greatest prophecies in all of the Bible. To me, the thing that drew me, and I was raised in the church, and, you know, I used to tell people I had a drug problem as a young child. Um, I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, I was drugged back on Sunday night, and I was drugged there on Wednesday night. Um, but the thing that drew me the most as a young man in my 20s to the Word of God was prophecy. Prophecy. It is the only religious book in the world that contains prophecy in it. And you and I are looking at one of the greatest prophecies. This prophecy literally sets the date when the Messiah would come. It tells us that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem till the Messiah would be 483 years. Now, bear in mind that it wasn't until 71 BC that we began using what is called the Julian calendar, uh, which is what we call a 365 day, 365 and a quarter day calendar. And that's why every four years we have a leap year to make the correction for this calendar. But up until that time, the world used the Babylonian calendar. And the Babylonian calendar only had 360 days in it. Okay? And when we look at biblical prophecy, we can't use the Julian calendar. We have to use the Babylonian calendar. So, if we take 483 years and we multiply that times 360 which is 360 days in each of those 483 years, we come up with 483 times 360, we end up with 173,880 days. So basically what that means, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem until the Messiah comes would be 173,880 days. 
Well, if we jump forward from March 14th, 445 BC, 173,880 days, we land on April the 6th, 32 AD. And on April the 6th, 32 AD, our Lord Jesus was sitting outside of Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. And this is the account. And when he had thus spoken, he went before, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he was come nigh unto Bethpage at Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, that, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, wherein yet never a man sat, loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus ye shall say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way, found him even as they said unto him. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners therefore said unto him, why loose ye the colt? And they said, the Lord hath need of him. That's what's happening on, thir- on April the 6th, 32 AD. And what follows is what we call the triumphal entry, which is what we refer to today as Palm Sunday. And we see that in the rest of the text. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt. They set Jesus thereon, and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke your disciples. And he said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the very stones would immediately cry out. The triumphal entry occurred on April the 6th, 32 AD. So what we're seeing here in Daniel is, is I believe, that's why the Lord, I, I, I believe, said that, you know, Daniel is the pivot point, if you will, for all prophecy. Daniel, Daniel foretold that this would be the day. Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Jerusalem, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. Daniel's prophecy was fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ the very day that it was supposed to. Remember, he said, if you had known this thy day, the things that I had prepared for you, how I longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. That was the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy that we're reading about. Next time we get together, we'll talk about these troublous times that Daniel speaks of. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.